this is Wicked Spursy. Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Steve, how you doing? Well, Dave, I'm I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. I've got my uh my winter coals coming on because it was 70 degrees like just yesterday, and now it's fucking 30 out. And every time, every time the weather does this to me, it decides to eh, you're gonna get a cold. It's gonna feel miserable, you know, but it'll last for at least a week. So you got that to look forward to. You'll remember it, right? Yep, yep. But Steve, Steve I got to tell you, I um, we we talked about this before we started recording, but just want to say it for the pod. I, I had the chance to uh, watch All Quiet on the Western Front and then listen to your uh, your podcast trash talk review of of the the movie. Just want to say, first, it's an outstanding movie, which I would encourage anyone who has the time and the interest to watch. But um, your pod was outstanding as well. Just the the overall Thanks, analysis Dave. definitely worth a worth a listen and worth worth a watch for sure. And frankly, with no Premier League for the next few weeks, surely you people have time, right? I mean, what else do you do? I just assume that most of our listeners watch Tottenham and then wait patiently for us to record. So with no Tottenham, then surely they've got to fill that void with something. <laughs> for for sure. Look at that. A gimme, gimme, gimme sticker. Is that is that a sticker, Mike? That's a sticker. Nice, nice. Hey, I got to tell you, Steve, really quickly before I go back to Mike. Um, after watching All Quiet on the Western Front, which is heavy and intense, uh, I balanced that out with a healthy dose of Zoolander, which is a uh, a good way to to pass about ninety minutes and and have zero thoughts go through your mind. So, highly recommend in case you're interested. Yeah, if you need to come down off of that really depressing uh, depressing high, talk a little Mugatu and the the Prime Minister of Malaysia. <laughs> Hey. Speaking of Mugatu, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> what a transition! That, that's a weird transition, Dave. It was, it was, but you can work with it. Go. Um, I'm, I'm uh, doing much better. Um, for anybody who listens to the pod and the dozens and dozens of you, um, scores I even. Able, I was not able to be here uh, last week. I had the Bovid forty-five, uh, which is worse than COVID nineteen. Um, <laughs> What is that and beefy COVID? What what is bovid? Bovid, yeah, that's like uh, bovine COVID. When you've <laughs> bovine COVID, when you've eaten too much, uh, when you've eaten too much red meat. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, my son, my son ended up uh, getting COVID, and then a day later, my wife tested positive, uh, and then it waited three full whole fucking days to to get me. I thought I had some sort of super immunity because my daughter had it before, and uh and I didn't get it, and uh, I I gone almost what two and a half years without 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 it breaching my shores, if you will. Um, but uh, no, it hit me, and uh, it fucking sucked. And just about the day that I started feeling better was the day that I lost my smell and taste. Mm. And I can which, tell which you, are very very important to you. It, they are. Uh, I wasn't, I hadn't, I wasn't drinking beer anyway or any of that stuff. I love my beer. Everybody knows that. But, um, I, I, it, it's, it's quite 
the assault on your brain because when you're eating or drinking something you have you know what it's supposed to taste like you know what it's supposed to smell like you have the texture and i had the sensation of sweet and sour and salty and bitter i had all those sensations i just couldn't taste it so hmm. when you when you're putting that food in your mouth you know you have to eat something because you're fucking just hungry and I was starting to feel better. And that's what happens when I feel better from a cold. I get, you know, ultra hungry and you get to eat, you know. And when I was eating, I just, I couldn't enjoy anything. And my brain knew what I was eating. I just couldn't taste it or smell it. And I still can't smell shit, like, at all. Um, I'm trying to revive my senses. I have a lemon tree in my house, little little lemon tree. I break leaves off every day kind of crush them up and get the oils on my hands and smell my hands and and for bits and little bits of time i can smell the the lemon but then it just goes mm. i can taste i can fully taste again so i mean that's how that's how that's how bovid works not cool not cool not, at all. not cool but I, I, i'm happy to report that uh everybody's mostly happy and healthy except for the fact <laughs> that we got the winter cold on top of it also not cool. so now i have a sinus infection <laughs> hey welcome to the club hey all right you know i just get to go back to work for the first time and uh you know get out of the house and interact and uh with people and they were wondering why i was so fucking crazy today just today like shit it was a, you know? it, today was a great day for me honestly <laughs> a great day <laughs> Which is which is uh, I'm changing I'm changing my story from what I had told the boys before we started recording. So, can I can I just point out I ask how you guys are doing and like a couple boomers you you talk to me about your health conditions. You realize what what you're becoming as as this pod wears on. You see that? My back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but now that you mentioned it, thank you, Steve. You know, hey Mike, you, you know what? You can you can fix that with a little salon pause. <laughs> Have you tried the icy hot young man? <laughs> icy well, hot and I go way back. Mike, uh Steve and I did our best to limp along without you last week, but we also know that you um you might have had some some critique or some uh shots you wanted to fire at us for some of our work. Any any comments on last week's pod? No, I've forgotten all about it. I don't even know what you Fantastic. Said. Perfect. Steve, we made it. We we got it done. Oh, so, wait. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm drinking a nasty Gansett right now, just so you know. There. And and where do you rank uh, Narragansett on the, what was it? Water, like it? water, Coca-Cola, Kool-Aid, Narragansett yeah. scale. Uh, how would how would you rank order those? Oh, so we're, we're going to go. We're going to go there. Water, Coca-Cola, Kool-Aid. Right, yeah, we, so, we got to keep it on equal footing. Okay, so here's here's my assessment. So since since we got a little bit of extra time because we have no game coming up immediately, you um, you have no game I'm ever. Use... You never had any game. Oh, shit. I had game that one uh, that one night. That <laughs> that's, one. Night. That's all it took, right? <laughs> that's all it took. I hooked her, and then she regretted it for the rest of her life. Um, no, uh, you know, I I, I take. I'm a little upset at your takes on on kool-aid coca-cola and water water's great I like water water's fine water's not top tier drink 
Okay, water's not Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, um, in the correct form, is the is probably the best soft drink out there in its correct form. What's the correct form? You gonna go like white old powder. glass bottle or what? Well, it's I would say powder, I would say fine. can glass bottle are on on our on a level. All right, but you you, you pump it up the fountain level, and you're talking a whole other ball game. Okay, I'll agree with you um, there. I'll McDonald's, agree. McDonald's McDonald's seems to have the best fucking mix, right? Because you know you go to the movies, you go to the other, these other places, they have fucking Pepsi. Restaurants have Pepsi and shit now. What the? <laughs> who drinks Pepsi? Old people and people who watch Fox News. They drink Pepsi. They <laughs> love Pepsi. You know why they love Pepsi? Because Pepsi makes Mountain Dew. And those people love Mountain Dew. And Old people? Things. What? No. I, the uh, People, no. Old people love Diet Pepsi for some reason. Pepsi... Pepsi Zero Sugar or whatever the fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, I can I can get on board with that statement. I think that's accurate. They would they would like Pepsi Free if it was still around probably. Pepsi Free, that's right. But I'm talking about I'm talking about the other mouth breathers. <laughs> who tried to who tried to thwart democracy. Um <laughs> All right, so Coca-Cola you, you feel like strongly about. Fingers constantly. So Fountain Coca-Cola, the good shit. That's that that's your number 1. No, I just don't like the way you besmirch Kool-Aid. You got to put it somewhere. Where do you put Kool-Aid? Kool-Aid? Yeah. In between Fountain Coke and and can of, in a can of Coke. But the, if, if we're you can't have Coke, multiple. You can't have multiple Cokes on the four. <laughs> yes, you the can. Four because they come in different scale. forms. They come in different forms. They're mixed differently. You can't. Dude, whatever. I'm about to go back to Steve for football talk. If you can't handle this, you had one simple task. You you still have COVID brain going on, don't you? Purple, that's that's the problem. Kool-Aid. Purple Kool-Aid is a wonderful, refreshing summer drink. And don't give me shit about the sugar and all that. Uh, and the wait, are we going to start making it by color now? Makes your teeth feel. Can I share something funny with you, Mike, about about specifically Purple Kool-Aid? Purple Kool-Aid. When I was uh, when I was in college, and actually the, my first couple of years as a teacher, I worked as a lifeguard at this uh, apartment complex. It was my buddy was the head lifeguard. His name was Matt Weber. Matt, if you're out there listening to this, give me some props. And uh, there was a major Canada goose problem. Like we would show up in the morning and open the pools and, and geese would have just been hanging out and just crapping all over the place and making huge messes. It was really, really problematic until my buddy Matt discovered that if, if he would sprinkle uh, purple Kool-Aid powder on the grass, something about that deterred the geese and they, they would stay away. Now, the problem was if it rained or the sprinklers went off, when people walked through that grass later, they would get purple feet, but they would have purple feet and there would be no goose crap on their purple feet. So there you go. Another way that purple Kool-Aid is an amazing resource. Uh, purple Kool-Aid also does the same for uh, your berry bushes. Really? Mm-hmm. Purple Kool-Aid power. But again, it rains. You're screwed. It really only it only really lasts for a little bit, but if those birds and stuff come and they 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 hate the purple Kool Aid, makes you wonder why makes you wonder why we ingest it, right? More Kool Aid for me. More Kool Aid for me. There's there's our pod title, Steve. More Kool Aid for Mike. All right, I might be buying some Kool Aid in a little bit here, so we'll we'll see. You've been drinking it, that's for sure. Drinking the Kool Aid. All right, Steve. Let's talk football. What do you uh, What do you want to talk about about the match that we saw over the weekend? I want to talk about Decky. Please do. Decky 
I've been saying it I, multiple times a week ever since he went off injured. I miss Decky. He comes back, gets his first start since uh, the injury. And what do we get? An incredible performance from him. Um, and frankly, I would I would go even further and say Benton Kerr is the only person out there from that that insane Leeds game um, that could arguably be in that sort of top tier player in that game that wasn't complete ass for any stretch of the imagination. You disagree, Mike? I see a head shake going there. I completely disagree. Uh, well, let's hear. It. I think Ben up until that point, up until the point of maybe um, the the Basuma um, the Basuma substitution, um, I, I think Bentaker was pedestrian at best. Um, a lot of a lot of giveaways in open field. Um, he uh, um, a couple of stupid stupid fouls that could have led to a yellow card and him getting him uh, getting. Uh, sent off for the next uh for the next game um you know he's he's racking up those yellow cards i'm not saying that you know he's not allowed to have a bad game i mean everybody's allowed to have a bad game fuck emerson royale's had a whole season of bad games but um i i just don't think that he was the guy that we've been seeing out there the last four five six games but i see steve disagreeing with with that take steve yeah i mean Point 100% shot accuracy, 100% (laughs) dribble success, 11 times he won possession, seven final third entries, four duels won, two shots, two goals, two interceptions. I mean, the stats don't lie, but a number of those came after the Basuma uh, uh, substitution at 60 minutes. I understand your the the dribble, all right, but how many giveaways? How many Back in the matter is, we don't win that third. game without Benton Kerr. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Arguing. We could win that game without Basuma, but Basuma was good. I'll give you that. He came on and he offered something much needed. Yeah, but, which was strength in the midfield. <laughs> that's what was. That's what was needed. Well, yeah, and and the ability for Benton Kerr to get to get forward and 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 be able to be creative and 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 move the ball uh, where it needed to be. Hoyberg just wasn't wasn't doing that for him. They weren't but doing Benton, each other. Benton Kerr in call it 30 minutes of game time was substantially better than anybody else on that field. Safe decky. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right. This has been Wicked Spursy. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Sir, you no, know it's just, know. you know, the shit and that decky offers is, is it's unreal. I mean, I, I can't quite grasp how other players on Spurs can't look at at some of the moves that he makes the uh space that he finds himself in and try to replicate that <laughs> lucas um you know it's he's he offers something both on the ball and off the ball that nobody else on spurs provides when he is not on the field the team is much worse i think that's a fair assessment uh, um i will say Big Daddy Davies, there's a guy who, despite, you know, three goals conceded, uh, he seems to be the only defender that we have right now who wants to play consistently uh, in, we'll call it that, that 
Ben Davies zone that we're all used to, right? Like that seven out of 10 performance, nothing too spectacular, but no absolute horrific issues that cause lots of problems. Um, and, you know, he got one of the goals too. So kudos to him, but. He also, I saw him making runs forward quite a bit as well. Like I, it felt like his presence in the final third was more than he, you're accustomed to. And you know what? The thing about that is his were impactful runs. There were times where Dyer was doing something similar up mm-hmm. on the right, but was too far up, too far over, well out of position. And then what? He just has to race back. Emerson's not covering him. That's for damn sure. Then you've got Longley, who's trying to play two positions at once uh, as a result. Uh, three, if you count Emerson, still not offering much on that side. Um, and I will say, you know, the booing for Emerson coming off, you know, that sub, uh, or the cheering for him coming off, he, he tries. He's not good. You know, I... I <laughs> When you're, when you're a professional yeah. athlete, those are the two things you don't want said about you, right? He tries. Like, he tries his hardest, but he's just not like, you know, I can't fault the effort. It's just a lack of tactical awareness, talent. Um, he's just, he's not good enough for the team. But, you know, I, I there's a part of me that still thinks that we should respect that he plays with the Spurs shirt on, you know, he's not sitting there scoring own goals every couple minutes just to, you know, spite us or something. Although at least he would have to put the ball on target to score an own goal. So um, all's not lost there, I guess. But, you know, the, the point is it's, it's a little tacky. I think, you know, he wasn't doing anything to, to deliberately harm the team you know he was out there he was trying it wasn't working he's not good enough but he was trying you know the only player in recent memory that i can think that truly deserved to be booed off the field was in in that cup game what one or two years ago where he was just flat out fucking walking when we were down yeah um there's a player who deserved to be booed because he was deliberately harming the impact of the game at that point uh, and again, emphasis on deliberately, um, you know, Everson doesn't do that. He tries, I think we should give him a little bit of respect for that, but at the same time, he isn't good enough. You know, I, I would love to see Darty play more. Um, I frankly, if, if Spence isn't going to get his shot after the world cup, I'd love to see an established right wing back come in and, and take over, um, and I, I'd like to see Emerson moved on because frankly, he's not good enough. And if the fans are going to treat him like that, then I, you know, that's not something he deserves, you know, send him out somewhere where maybe there's not so much pressure on uh, his offensive and defensive capabilities, maybe a, a France or in Italy or something, you know, one of those uh, slower leagues uh, yeah. and, and see if he can do something there. Steve, I agree. I, Mike said something in our chat during the game. It was either, it was either Royale is not good or Royale is terrible. And, and my response to it was, I just, when, when he gets the ball, I, I just get that. Like, uh, there we go. It's, it's just a, it's a black hole, right? The, the, the likelihood of a turnover is so much higher than the likelihood of something prog- progressive and, and working towards the goal. Mike, what's, what's your, what's your take on Royale? How, how do you see him? Oh, Royale with cheese. Um, <laughs> 
look, I know I said he's terrible. Uh, it's something you know I kind of say in the moment. I'm I'm definitely not for. I'm not for booing your own players um, in case of the, uh, you know, except for in the case of of that aforementioned um, other player. And La- lazy French guy. Yeah, lazy French guy. Um, <laughs> Mike Mike hates the French. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, that's great. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean... He deserved a booing off uh, for what he did um, at that time. Uh, Emerson Royale, uh, he's not hes not terrible. I, I don't think he's a terrible player. I think he's actually uh, probably a quite capable, good player, just not on this team with this coach and this system. I think you put him on, you know, a team who plays a back four, someone, you know, maybe like a Villa or um, maybe a Nottingham Forest, somebody like that. Like he's going to, I think he's going to be a better defender than Serge Aurier for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, I just think that, and I think it's, it's awful that he uh, has to kind of endure the, what's worse to me than jeering um, or booing, which is, cheering at the misfortune of have him having to be taken off um, I, I will just point out that Serge Aurier's uh, Nottingham team managed to knock us from the Carabao we'll Cup we'll get to so. that <laughs> we'll get to that um, maybe that can be our next segment or second segment but sure just I, I think that it's a it's an unfortunate situation for Emerson because he's not an all he's not at all an unlikable guy um, he's, he works hard. He wants to improve. He's just, he's just terrible in the system. You know, he's, he's a good player. Um, he's just terrible in the system. Uh, you know, I, I think Carlos Vinicius is, is another example of that. He, he can succeed. Can, he could have succeeded just not in, well, not in the system that he was put in. Right. Um, in the situation he was put in. So uh, he's made his way back to the Premier League too. Um, so, yeah, Emerson. We, we, we saw what happened when Emerson was taken out. Uh, Basuma was put in. Um, Serge, or, or Serge, here we go. Davinson, <laughs> Davinson Sanchez was put in. Um, and, uh, you know, who else was it? Uh, Doherty was put in, right? Mm-hmm. So that whole side got got shored up immediately. Um, you Davidson Dor- Davidson showed flashes of of non brilliance right away, but then he he recovered. He he, he kind he of pulled himself really together. Well, in fact, yeah. uh, I I think Davidson is good when he can take instruction from people on the field. Um, I I noticed a couple of a couple of different times, you know, uh, Decky telling him where to be. <laughs> telling him where to go on the field mm-hmm. i noticed uh you know you i i think there's something to be said for for that kind of link up that that decky has with with doherty um and we can we can get to those other players who could be playing out there too who i think would probably form a good uh partnership um because doherty is more of a forward thinking uh wing back um 
but you know you got to see Davinson getting getting forward the way Romero was getting forward except Romero doesn't need the direction from Decky at least Decky was out there being the leader being the guy who probably deserves the captain's armband at some point um he was he led that entire side of the field he is a field general out there for that for that right side of the field and and uh I can't tell you how great it feels to have a guy out there that that plays like that and has the fire and passion. The guy who, you know, the guy who bitches when he doesn't get calls. The guy who who whines when you know he does get calls against him. And it's it's kind of great. It shows his passion. I like that. Um, but he's he doesn't go overboard with the bitching and whining and the complaining. You know, um, he doesn't fall down and roll around for twenty five minutes on the field. You know, I I, I think the the guy. The guy makes his complaint, makes his argument, gets back up and gets back in the game. He works hard. He loves that badge. That that final Bentinger goal, that that little side-footed, left-footed, side-footed uh, tap pass that he made. Um, I know I sent you guys the the video, the field level video of that. Mm-hmm. They they all celebrated like that goal, like he scored it. Oh yeah. He celebrated that that goal like he scored it, but he wasn't celebrating it for himself. He was celebrating it for his team, and uh, I, I think that that there's something to be said about that. There's also something to be said um, for how terrible we look without him. Um, when you we're we're turning into the well, not the Harry Kane team, but the Dayon Kulisewski team, right? <laughs> um, when you rely on a guy that much to score your goals and um, and and get you get you over the top, that's a that's a scary notion, especially for a team that's in fourth place right now, just a couple points off a second. You know, it's it's <laughs> um, that tells you that there is all kinds of quality there, but when he's not in there and you're winning winning games one zero, you're losing games two one. Three one, it's 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 scary proposition going forward. Um, It it shows that there are certainly holes and places that we need to to improve upon. uh, Don't be don't be scared, Mike. Don't be scared. I'm I'm, I I am scared. January Um, January's coming. Let let Prodigy cook, baby. Yeah, but if Prodigy cooks, is is he gonna cook the meal that Conte wants to eat? Yeah. You think so? I th- I think they're linked. <laughs> they weren't they weren't linked though when uh, when they uh kind of when he kind of allowed Daniel Levy to go out and get uh a, a certain right wing back who I oh, had he had to give him one. Be yeah. played. It's all part of the game. Had to, had to had to let Levy get one guy he wanted so they could do what the rest of oh, what they wanted for, to do. One for me and, and Yep. Exactly. You. you got it. Don't be don't be afraid. Everything's <laughs> going to be okay. I no, I think it was a great game. Uh it, it, the the last fifteen minutes of the game were great, twenty minutes of the game. I'll give I'll, I'll give you twenty minutes because, uh, you know, I I love the fact that Basuma's starting to play into his role. Uh, he's a guy who needs to be out there. Um, he's a premier talent in the Premier League. Um, he walks on to basically, probably fifteen of the other teams starting lineups, um, every single game, and, um. I, I, my main con- my actual main concern is Hugo Lloris. 
because I think that he his weaknesses are being shown through the weakness of the defense. And I think he's he's definitely only as good of a, a shot stopper um, as his defense is good as well. So, Agree one hundred percent. One hundred percent. He can he can he can hide a lot of his weakness when when he has guys like an informed Dyer or or a Romero playing in front of him. Romero you know, being Romero being out and Dyer having to slide over to the right where he's weak. Let's be honest. Like seeing Dyer and how he how he even commands the field from the middle when Sanchez came on. Um yeah, totally totally different player. Kind of like, almost immediately changed, right? They did. And Romero being gone is a monstrous difference. I'm not gonna say as as significant as Kulisevsky coming back, but pretty darn close when he does return assuming he returns healthy and doesn't get banged up in this little uh fun tournament that's going to be happening across the next six weeks <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about we're not that lucky no we're, we're not steve you know what you know what we are though thirsty we're, yeah yeah and i i think when we're thirsty we always like to ask a specific question so i'm gonna let you ask the question my friend oh excellent ah it feels like it's been a while because we didn't we didn't get to ask uh, last week. Oh, I hope I remember how to do this. All right, so um, let's get the ball rolling, I guess. Let, let me just go for it. Uh, hey, hey, Mike, what you drinking? Oh, hey. Um, I love when you ask that, Steve. Mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely missed it. Um, I really, did I do it? Was I that right? Enjoy, I, didn't, I did enjoy your, your uh, sweet and to the point. Kind of <laughs> review less week, so. less verbose less <laughs> thanks dave <laughs> i'm sorry did i i the silent part came out there i'm sorry mike i shouldn't have said that i mean I, it's kind of expected it just <laughs> it, it kind of it did catch me off guard i should have i should have seen it coming but it's like you know it's like i'm winding up for the big for the big right hand and you just <laughs> smack me right in the nose with a quick jab and it knocks me down <laughs> Don't worry, right. you, coming, you can't. You can't smell anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I'm coming back. All right. Uh, so today I I went and did something that, and this was the beer I was going to do last week, but I, I went and did something that I won't normally do because, um, in British soccer terms, um, I don't rate this beer. I don't rate mm. this brewery. Mm. Um, Would you rate it at the weekend? <laughs> Uh, no, and I actually wouldn't even rate it when it receives ball to foot. Ooh. Um, oh, you like that one. Um, so that, that's a, that's a, that's a windy ism. I, I, I hear him say that constantly. So I, I, I love, I wanted to say it and I had to find a, the right Avenue, you know, to drive down. Um, so this is Sam Adams, uh, wicked double hazy, juicy, double N E I P A style. Uh, New England IPA for all you simps out there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't like Sam Adams. Wait, what's what's the actual name of this? Because you just said like twelve words. So what, what's the actual name of this? This one? is what it says: Wicked Double. It's it's Sam Sam Adams Wicked Double Hazy Juicy Doubled N E I P A. Hazy what Juicy. The fuck? You know Twitter like that's that's all the Twitter characters I get, man. We can't even do any uh, any episode description. I, I'm gonna. I, <laughs> Um, you can blame your boy for for not expanding the the, the Twitter character. My boy, who's that? Elon? Is that my boy? Yeah. <laughs> I love Elon. Great. 
Um, told me I could go to the moon. Yeah, you love you love the anti-establishment establishment people, right? Right. <laughs> he is the establishment okay. now. All right. Anyway, um, verbose. Yes. Um, Good job, Steve. Reeled it back in. Way to go. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, I got to pour this. This is a. Uh, it says one pint. One pint plus three point two ounces. Jesus Christ Almighty. I'm gonna I, I can't believe I'm gonna drink this beer. I can. Oh, Would it be the uh, craziest thing you've ever had on this show? It's pouring nicely. I don't like I don't like Sam Adams. Uh, so Sam Adams was like They're the ones who started dry hopping loggers and shit. So like their Boston lager, their old tagline, uh uh the owner used to come on the commercial and be like our almost reckless use of hops and they're like, trying to compete with the hop revolution that was that was just kind of in its infancy at the time and they did recklessly use hops because their Boston lager did not need to be dry hopped or double dry hopped or whatever the fuck they do which you know led other breweries to d- dr- double dry hopping and all that shit um, I'm just waiting for Mike to say dry humping accidentally <laughs> me too I'm not the only one okay <laughs> I got you to say it though, didn't I? I you did, yeah. Is that what it was? You you teased it out of me. Yeah. So I can't smell this beer. Not a fucking thing. So um, it's got no smell, is what you're telling us. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to properly rate this beer. All right. I'm just going to drink it. It's got a nice, uh, nice head on it. It's kind of hazy. I think that looks like a biscuit head to me. No, it's not biscuit. How many fingers though? That's that what I like need a, to know. Looks like a two finger. It's like chicken in a biscuit cracker head. <laughs> those were good, actually. You, you're you're taking me back. Chicken in a biscuit. Those were tasty. Yeah. 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 It's fine. Um, it's like Sam Adams did a, as if like Budweiser did a double uh, New England IPA. Ooh, that doesn't make me right? excited. No, it's like, hey, let's be hip and cool and go outside of our comfort zone and do something that we really shouldn't be doing. Uh, stick. I'm hip. Boston. I'm with it. Stick with the Boston Lager, honestly, Sam. Um, this beer's not good. I don't like it. Is it not good, or can you just not taste? No, I can taste. I can taste perfectly fine. I have all, all of my taste is back. It's 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 like I said. It, COVID is an assault on your senses. It really is, and your sensibilities. Um, I I just don't. No. Nope, no, nope, Sam Adams. <laughs> stay away from the stay away from the IPAs. Stay away from the New England IPA, especially the 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 beer that made New England, you know, put New England on the map, as they would say. I, I just don't like it. I think I think it's a shit beer. Um, I could drink it, but it's not anything that I'd ever aspire to pick up again. What's the rating? Uh, 
Oh my God, Dave. Hold on. Can can we just talk for a moment about how this is a terrible, terrible beer? No, it's not a terrible beer. I said it's just okay. He said he hates it. He did say he hates it. Yeah. You did say no, nope, no <laughs> in that sequence. <laughs> no, because it's not an IPA. It's not, it, it, well, it's an IPA, but it's just not, it's like, Here's the funny so thing, anything Mike. Below, I, anything below 2.5 is like, nope, I can't fucking drink this. This is fucking gross. I can't even fathom trying to swallow any more of this. I can drink it. It's fine. It, that kind of sounds like our, our show tagline. Trying to, it's it's Fred Durst. <laughs> it's Fred it's Durst. Fred Durst. <laughs> trying to be something that's not, right? So, uh, yeah, song where, where are you going on song you can't use fred durst again no no no, no. i'm not gonna use fred durst uh god uh you know god i don't know i i, I you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me a second on this because um i got one any, for you any song any song by chris isaac I was going to say Warrant Cherry Pie. No, what are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you at all. It's a classic. No, it's a, it's a, it's a try hard. Side. It's a classic try hard is what it is. Chris, Chris Isaac is a try. Anything by Chris Isaac. <laughs> he's, he's less than a try hard, I would say. <laughs> what, what, the Wicked Game? Is that the same name of the song? Um, is that the Wicked Game? Crying Game? The Crying Game. Not Chris Isaac. Who sang the who sang sung? Who sung the crying game? Who's that? Oh, uh, right. that is wicked game. Is Chris Isaac? Is it all right? Wicked double is wicked game. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the crying game. I I know this. Actually, it was a movie, but wasn't there a song the crying game yeah. too? No, no, yeah, there is a boy George. Boy George <laughs> was the singer of the crying game. That's right. Shut up. Yeah. No kidding. Isn't that wonderful? Interesting. Huh. Well. Maybe he wasn't, though. Maybe he just, I don't know, we're going to have to have the research department look into that. No, it's Boy George. All right. The The research department has researched, and they've already gotten back to me. Do they really? Good. Yep. Yep. Surprised their union didn't tell them that it was too late to do that work. No, it's it's not too late to do that work. Uh, actually, union work doesn't ever stop. In fact, <laughs> uh in fact, uh, union work union work gets you uh, helps to uh, mitigate a red wave. These colors don't run, baby. But you're, that's 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 the wrong side. They they did run. They ran <laughs> away from they ran away from the polls in record numbers because they were afraid of millennials and Gen Z people. As they should be mitigating the red wave. <laughs> Another possible episode title. All right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Hey, this has been Hey Mike, what you drinking with uh Sam Adams terrible wicked double hoppy juicy double New England IPA 2.9 Chris Isaac wicked game. Um there we have it. Well done, Mike. We missed you. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Chris Isaac makes me want to poke my eyes out. It's probably not <laughs> that bad this year, but it's, it's not it's it's not great. It, it's not great. It's it's hoppy. It's not sake. great. It's, it's hoppy for the it's hoppy for the sake of being hoppy. Drinkable, not great. Here's my hot take for you. Hoppy for the sake of being hoppy is like 99% of every Vermont beer. That's true. That's I'll true. Disagree. I'll disagree. 
97? Oh, 97%? High 90s for sure. No, maybe maybe 84.37. I'm surprised you don't go by the name. You should go by the name Hopovich as opposed to Popovich. You ever thought about that? <laughs> you know what's funny, Mike, is I got these lines for you. I'm not even drinking anymore right now. You know that I'm abstaining. This is This is like the real deal here. Not even influenced by whiskey or heavy beer dave's, dave's gone to the mattresses <laughs> that's right <laughs> hey, in fact hey. in, in fact in the next few weeks <laughs> hey steve I'm, I'm thinking something else what are you thinking i'm i'm curious also as to what uh is going through your mind these I days wanted to know, i would really i just wanted to know like if you turned around and looked into the corner what are you going to find me? You're talking to Steve? Yeah. What do you, I mean, Ooh, yeah, that's a great question. What's in that corner? I don't know. Probably my cat licking itself, <laughs> which is not unlike Antonio Conte. And <laughs> uh, God, I don't want to think about Antonio Conte licking himself in the corner. That's just, that's a step too far. Oh, I thought you were going to say like VAR officials or something like that. That's where Look, I thought you were going. If you could bring us a trophy, I'd, I'd, I'd happily let him lick himself. Yeah, have at it, Tony. Yeah, do what you, what you need to. We've yeah. been over it. VAR doesn't exist. It just doesn't. Um, no, uh, you know, what's on my mind right now, and it's, it's, I'm going to see if I can bring it back to Spurs somehow. Um, you guys might be familiar with this being parents yourself, but have you noticed, I'm going to start with a question. Have you noticed that children's shows have the same fucking catchy tune that you find yourself humming, you know, just off on your own at work sometimes, maybe on a, on a drive home? You shouldn't by any stretch of the imagination but it's there. It You can't escape the haunt of children's TV show theme songs. I can't get them to go away. You know, it's like, it's like part of me feels like this little sanity that I have just slips away every single time I hear one of these fucking kid shows and I'm, I'll, I'll be looking around like, wait a second, I, my son's at school. Where's that noise coming from? And it's just in the back of my head. That's all it is. It's just this fucking song playing in the back of my head, and I can't get it to go away. And, you know, it's, it's baffling to me that there are people out there real people who go about their day-to-day lives without the knowledge of something like fucking blues clues just that theme song playing you know there are people walking around but they're not singing they're not singing blues clues in the back of their head you know it it's it's baffling to me who it is swiper no swiping oh my god but you see the thing is i i would be convinced that everybody every particularly parents is familiar with this kind of phenomenon every single person must know it right it's maybe it's not children's songs maybe it's just some fucking catchy pop song you heard on the radio you're able to tune you can't tune it out it's just stuck there forever um except that there is one type of person on this planet 
who doesn't have that voice in the back of their head nagging them about something that maybe they should be paying attention to to some capacity. I mean, let's be honest. I should probably understand what it is my kid is watching, right? Like, you know, I should probably know what's on the radio so that if it's shit, I can change it. But there's a group of people who don't have that voice nagging them. And who are they, Steve? Fucking Premier League referees. Um, Premier League referees are incapable of having any kind of, of voice in the back of their head telling them, hey, you know what? There's a little alarm bell going off. There's there's something maybe you uh, haven't been considering and you should think about some more. They don't have that. They can look at an incident and just it goes in one ear at the other. It's gone into the void. You know, you look at um, Rock's Tackle uh, on, what was it, Dyer? That should have been a red car. And I think everybody, even even uh, online, a place that notoriously hates Spurs, saw that it should have been a red card. And yet this ref took a look at it. VAR, who uh, we all remember, they're just a bunch of robots. They don't actually exist. It's not a real thing. Nobody flagged that as, as an issue. And you just know this guy's going home and he's just going to sit in his dark, empty room. He's going to stare at the wall until the next fixture that he has to, you know, officiate. He's one of the few people on the planet who does not have that voice in the back of their head alerting them to something that they should probably be aware of because it's happening around them all the goddamn time, whether they want it to be or not. You know, these fouls are flying in, Blue's Clues is flying in, everything's flying in. They just don't process any of that shit. It's impossible for them. And I... I can't fathom where the the refing body for you know i'll even extend it past the premier league for all the top five leagues in europe at least i can't fathom where they find these people who are just completely incapable of letting that voice in their head offer up some bit of doubt something to tell them hey you should think about this a little bit more because it's it's going on around you all the time and you're really not paying all that much attention to it they they just don't fucking do it they just you know game's over i'm never going to think about that again they're done do these are, are they all childless is that what's going on the premier league refs do not have children and any children that they may be seen with are just i don't know adopted or or maybe they themselves are paid actors just to provide the illusion that premier league refs are real people i can't in good conscience look at some of these performances that are going on not just in spurs games but across the entire league and think these are rational human beings who live the exact same lives you and me live it just can't happen because they can't process the most basic shit it just doesn't make sense to me. Mike, what do you think about all that? I heard Premier League refs don't deserve to have children. That's what I heard from Steve. Um, what did you hear? I don't even know anymore. Um, <laughs> to I be thought, fair, okay, I, I also don't like, even know anymore. <laughs> crazy conspiracy theories were starting to, you know. They were starting to normalize out a little bit, weren't they? They, they were. They, they were like leveling out and like you know a few months ago they were like verging on like possibility like profound like thought it, basically part of it is true yeah like little tiny nuggets and then it grew and it and grew and it grew and like a mushroom you know it just kind of came up and 
and the mushroom and it popped out and kind of blossomed overnight and it turned into this thing where we're like yeah you know what steve you're right this time that mushroom has stayed there too long and hasn't been picked so it just shriveled up and died <laughs> um i don't even dave i got nothing yeah steve i don't either i i think i think you um i tried yeah you you went batshit crazy again on on this one so not saying there may not be some nuggets of truth in there but you, you went you went over the edge a little bit well, you'd go over the edge, too, if the yeah. only thing that you heard on a daily basis was fucking Blue's Clues. I'm just, you know, it's, you know, it's funny, Steve, is I'm, I'm reflecting back on the time when I knew just from background noise, I knew every character, number of train and and voice on Thomas the Tank Engine, like every single episode that ever, ever occurred. Um always been a fan of the conductor because he's opposed to confusion and delay. Just want to make sure that that's stated for the, for the record, but yeah, that, that stuff takes over your mind, man. No question. So remember, we, remember when Thomas was like narrated by Ringo Starr and then like out I of do. fucking nowhere, it just was George Carlin. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> the most cynical person in the history of the world. <laughs> Thomas, but was you, great. Know, you know, who doesn't know that Premier League refs because they're true. not fucking real people. It's true. Oh God! You know it's it's it, it is kind of funny, Steve, because like every time they throw this a new face out there at us, I'm like, "Who's this fucking Yahoo?" And then like, "Yeah, who's this Yahoo?" Like Forty minutes into the match, I'm like, 40 minutes into the match, I'm like, "Actually, this guy's not that bad." And then something fucking happens, where like he shorts. And then you're like, "All right, what street in London did they pick that guy up to fucking ref this game?" Or maybe he's or maybe he's a cyborg and he short circuits because they haven't gotten the technology right yet. That's reasonable. That is the most reasonable thing I've heard all night. There you go. Well, there you have it. This has been Steve in his corner, battling his way out of it. So, Steve, we're we're here for you, man. When you need help, we, we got helped, you. We you know, you, part man. of me, part of me feels like people are going to listen to that segment and think I I would have preferred just watching Steve's cat lick itself in the corner. <laughs> no comment. No comment whatsoever. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm thinking, boys. You know, I think Mike, you said earlier we could go talk about like the that midweek match. I think that's a waste of time right now. You know what I think we should talk about right now? I think we should talk about Our in feelings. a week in a week and a half, it's going to be the Thanksgiving holiday. And uh we're not recording again until after Thanksgiving. So I think we should talk about um I'd like to hear each of you guys your favorite thing that you like to do during the Thanksgiving season. Mike, what would that be for you? Uh, overeating. That's fair. And then, and then, um, not helping my wife with dishes and going and watching football. You, okay, you said it. It's on the I internet mean, I, now. That was, I meant I, I totally went Al Bundy there. I just Al Bundy. You did. Do you cook anything, or is that entirely Amy? Um, so typically it's either my wife's family. We rotate my wife's family, my and my family um i last year i made uh i made some homemade rolls um for for the for the dinner um but this year uh it's my wife's family's turn and uh they're coming up here so usually we go down there her mom puts on a big spread and it's always great and um you know fires going and all that you know you have the whole the whole ambiance and yeah yeah the vibe yeah um 
then I just sit and drink beer and wait till it's time to put the feedback on, then go back and watch football. Um, yeah. What I what we're doing this year is I am cooking. So it's usually like it. That's usually my uh, my thing for Christmas is I I, I do the cooking. Um, so I will be doing the cooking for Thanksgiving this year. Um, I heard you say you're going to smoke a turkey. Yeah. I want to do it, but I don't think anybody would eat it. It's delicious, man. It, no, no, no. Even I, if, I, even I if you get disagree. like get get a little like ten pounder, get something small and just give I don't that disagree. a run. I have a ten pounder oh, in the freezer. Do it. Um, but I'm going to need probably a sixteen pounder to 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 bake. Um, to roast, I mean, it, it will be fine. It will be fine. Um, I've cooked turkeys before. I've cooked plenty of turkeys. Uh, I am a turkey, so um, <laughs> my mashed potatoes are second to none. I'll be able to manage. All I, right. I feel. He'll get by. Steve, how about you? What do you, what do you enjoy the most about Thanksgiving? I actually enjoy the cooking. Um, I really do. It's, you know, it's not easy, of course. There's a lot to to juggle. But, you know, cooking for me has always been one of those things that's just very calming. Um, it's, it's like my post-work happy place. You know, some people, they can't stand it. Um, honestly my wife being one of them she doesn't like to cook it stresses her out it doesn't do that to me you know it's one of those things where i can just shut my mind off and just go through the motions and then i've got something delicious to eat um and it's also one of the few times uh of the year where i get to show off uh because i usually when i cook it's for you know my wife and kid uh, I don't really do big dinners or anything. Um, not that I wouldn't. I just, we we don't do that typically. Um, so being able to just produce some high quality, delicious food. And the best part about it is, you know, by the middle of the afternoon, everybody's left, you know, because we, we do Thanksgiving as a lunch. Um, so after lunch, people leave at like two o'clock and Good then call. I've got, leftovers for dinner and it's like it's like the feast doesn't stop it's just i get all my cooking done by noon and then the rest of the day is picking out it's incredible and because i'm doing the cooking i get to decide what gets made how much of it gets made you know if i want extra stuffing i make extra stuffing and that's just the way it is you know i don't have to worry about um you know, is somebody going to bring something that nobody's going to like? It's all the food that I'm going to like. And if they don't want to eat it, then more for me. I like it. It's a good approach. I, I also, most people like it. So <laughs> I, I, you talked about cooking as being a uh, relaxing, non-stressful event. I, I totally agree. Like I, that that's enjoyable for me, just throwing crap together and making something out of it um, after work on any, any given day. That's good for me. I, like, I, I like go ahead. Challenge of the big meal. I like the challenge, challenge of it, timing everything, you know, making sure that, that everything is seasoned properly, making sure that the squash and the potatoes come out at the same time as the, as the turkey. Um, but I, I, I just, I love the, I love the challenge of the cooking and it's, it, it's like a game that I play with, within, within my own head because nobody else in the fucking universe cares when I'm cooking a big meal. Yep. Nice. It's like, no, it's like, what can I do to help you? It's like, shut up and get out of the way. Yeah, right. I'm just get out of my kitchen. Also, Dave and Steve, I want to ask you this too. 
do you have a quality electric knife? No, no I don't. I don't. Oh, it makes all of the difference. It will make that turkey carving. Unless you do it like Clark Griswold style where you carve it at the table. Nobody fucking does that, right? I would hope not. Dave, Dave well, yeah. Does. You know Clark does. We know what happened when Clark carved it at the table. It didn't go very well. Oh, yeah, it no, did no, pop the, disintegrate it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, nobody actually does that. Carves it at the table and hands no. it out to everybody. No. You carve it up. Everybody gets the dark meat, the white meat that they want, whatever. Everybody's happy at the end. And then at the end, you pack up everybody with the to-go containers, and then you keep the stuff that you want and send them on their way. How, like, hopefully, at my house, maybe heavy one or two pies. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. Who knows? You know what my favorite part about Thanksgiving is? It's the day after Thanksgiving. Because that's when we we no. Let me just say this: Thanksgiving food is is tasty. I'm not gonna not gonna bag on you know the turkey and the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and whatnot. It's good. I do think people get a little overexcited for it, and uh, in some cases a little overstressed by it. For me, day after Thanksgiving, that's when we go out and we cut down a Christmas tree and start decorating the house, and that's our official like kickoff of the Christmas season. So um, that's usually accompanied accompanied by just a bunch of random appetizers and and eating and drinking kind of as we as we do all that that's that's fun the friday after thanksgiving that's that's the day for me so there we go well done boys i like it see nottingham forest who cares about that crap we're, we're not talking about that but i do want to hear what your closing thoughts are as we as we approach the the end of things steve what are your closing thoughts uh just that i am both um i'm both excited and annoyed with the uh, World Cup kicking off on Sunday, excited because it's, you know, one of the biggest sports tournaments, if not the biggest sports tournament in the world. And I have watched it ever since I was a boy, um, but also kind of like disgusted at the same time because it's Qatar. And, you know, for my own show, uh, Trash Talk, I've been doing some research into a lot of the controversies and all the uh, shitty things that have gone on uh, in the 10 plus years since that bid was uh, announced and it is sickening to think about some of the the not just the corruption but the working conditions what they've put some of these uh, migrant workers through to get there and then some of the more recent stuff where they won't let visitors to the country you know express themselves in in human ways because it's you know, against their religion, it's against their whatever. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm always of the mindset that if you're a religious person, you know, that's great, all the more power to you. But when your religion starts to hurt others, then I have a problem. Uh, and this is falling into that category where people could be, uh, you know, persecuted, they could be beaten, they could be, um, you know, all sorts of bad shit happening to them. And and that to me just isn't right. You know, if you want to believe the things that you believe, do that in your home, you know, you have guests coming over, essentially, can you just fucking be civil for a little bit? And then you can go back to hating those people on your own time. But it, it's just... I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about it. So that'll be, I'll be putting that out on a Thursday just to get my mind around all that. But it's, it's honestly, a lot of that shit's been really tough to, 
to understand, especially when it comes to comparing it to what we have here, you know, some of the things that we take for granted. Um, like, for example, the the minimum wage, I think, you know, there, there's a big debate in the country about 725 federal minimum wage is, is a starvation wage. You know, a lot of people are saying nobody can survive on 725. The migrant workers are being paid a third of that for their work and they are doing substantially more difficult work than you know flipping burgers or, or ringing people out at the grocery stores so it's it's a really difficult thing like i i really would love to just be blindly excited by it but i you know i also think it's important that we acknowledge the blood the sweat and and the evil that surrounds this particular event at this point in time Appreciate you saying that, man. Looking forward to hearing what you uh, what you put out later in the week too. Hear you hear you break it down. Thanks, Steve. How about you, Mike? What are you thinking about as we uh, wrap up? Um, I have a, I have a specific take on that as well. Um, I'm I'm, I'm going to share it uh, in another venue, um, but uh, I wholeheartedly agree with Steve um, on that. I can't wait to hear what you have going on trash talk. Um, that said, uh, we want this to be a nice little break for Spurs. Uh, it's not going to be a nice little break for Spurs. Uh, <laughs> I think we have uh, 13 players going, uh, 12 or 13 players going to World Cup competition. Um, and a good share of those are starters. Um, and it will be starters on their teams, uh, including a guy who... Um, and this is something that I'd like to kind of address. Uh, it's Conte's insistence on not playing guys uh, in small cup competitions who who should be who should be getting on the field uh, regularly in um, in league matches. Uh, we all talked about how excited we were about the fact that we now have enough players for rotation. Uh, we're not going to be playing um, a, a, a Hoiberg uh, every single match of every single cup league game that we have um, all season long. Um, our guys are going to be able to get rest because of the rotation. But um, even through injury, we haven't seen some of these guys. And I'm talking about guys who got screwed over because of one situation or another with a loan um guy uh, we're talking about pap paps are um we're talking about guys like um guys like jed spence who aren't given a chance because they're not their club signings not coach signings um we're, we're talking about guys who came up through the youth system who have had, you know, little tastes of, of league action, league cup action. Um, we, we thought that the Carabao cup was going to bring that type of rotation. We were going to get to see guys like, like um, Alfie divine and, and Harvey white and uh, Niall John. Uh, we were going to get to see uh, Pap Sar who got, who unceremoniously got his loan, canceled um that guy was playing in a top league in the world um it is a french league uh 
but he was playing. He had how many appearances? How many minutes did he play uh, in one of the top leagues in the world? Can't even get a sniff at the field here. Um, can't even get a sniff at. Can't even get a chance to unzip his fucking warm up a little bit. Um, we got Jed Spence when we have sitting on the bench when we have um, a right wing back who is constantly getting in there who hasn't shown that he has the ability to play the position. You have another guy who's coming off major, major injury uh, who for some reason isn't isn't trusted to play. Uh, I, I think that we are handcuffed by Antonio Conte and I, I think it's it's good and it's bad, right? Um, I think it's good in the fact that we have one of the top coaches in the world. This is how he works. This is how he, he wins trophies. And he will bring your club trophies. But at the same time, I, I don't know how long this can last if we're going to keep signing these guys who are not playing and who are not going to get a chance to play because they're not 29 years old. I've, I, I don't know where to go with it. Um, and I don't know how to reconcile this in my brain, you know, um, that we've paid all these millions of dollars for these guys and they're just sitting there rotting and not, not getting a chance to play when we clearly need the rotation. Harry Kane can barely fucking stand up out there anymore. He's played so many minutes. That's kind of the end of my rant. Yeah, I think, I think Mike, I don't fully disagree with what you're saying, but there's also part of me that says like, Sar came on board before Conte was here. Um, we talked earlier about Spence being a, a a Levy signing instead of a Conte signing. And I'm trying to think about how, like, where do Spurs fit in as a big-time club versus a club that has to use kids as a part of their rotation? You know, like, ultimately, to be a big-time club – you you want your kids to be like the third on the rotation, not the second on the rotation. So I, I, I still see the need for, there's another layer of guys that we need to get in. We've heard it again and again, the next two transfer windows are going to be key in, in um, whether, whether or not we end up as a big time club or not. I just think we're in this interesting in-between place. I agree. Like I'd love to see Spence off playing somewhere as opposed to not playing. You know, I'd love to see Sar playing somewhere as opposed to not playing. Parrots, Parrots out, out playing, but he's not. He's injured. Um, Destiny is out playing, but he's injured. Um, trying to think of some of the other guys. Uh, Dane Scarlett, I think, has done moderately well. He's got like a handful of goals. Definitely not d- double digits, though. But it's just, it's really interesting. I'm not smart enough to know the advantage of being in the team and in the Premier League, like training, as opposed to being out championship or, or lower. You know, I, I can't make a, a strong distinction there, but. I, I think I'm still going to be optimistic that there still is a game plan here. There's a plan that has not blown up on us yet. And we are, we are fourth in the table going into Christmas. We are out of the group stage in champions league, um, have a reasonable draw coming up next. I don't know. I'm just maintaining, maintaining optimism, but I hear you. I hear you I, loud I and clear. Just think it, yeah. It's a recipe. I just think it's a recipe for disaster. Um, you're going to have guys who, who are going to be completely fucking exhausted at the end of the season. Yeah. I, yeah. We also have to get over our... We already um, have that. 
our nostalgia. We have to get over our nostalgia for some guys too. That that's what's going to happen. Also, is we're going to see probably see guys come in that are going to displace um, long-standing players. Um, you know, for example, what happens when somebody comes in and replaces Ben Davies, and Ben Davies has to be gone? You know, like there's a there's going to be that Spurs loyalty to him even though Dyer's been a scrub what happens when somebody comes in and replaces him and he's a bench player and then he's not happy and you know like there's there's stuff that's going to be really interesting to see it unfold yeah 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 uh, but I, you know I'm I'm just I, I I'm going to I'm just putting it out there now that if the tables turn and and at the end of the season we find ourselves dropping into fifth sixth seventh place when is trust the process not a fucking thing anymore? If we just, if we finish, I'm, just saying, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying what if? You know, there's always that what if, and we don't want to. We don't like what ifs because um, they generally don't make any sense. But we we have to kind of play that game. I have to play that game in order to reconcile some of this shit in my head. Yeah, I get you. I think I, I think I try to convince myself that all the other teams are in the same boat, roughly speaking, at least the ones that are playing in Europe, you know? So um, at least we're not the only ones that are being harmed by the exhaustion and, and the struggle, but we'll see. January will tell. May will tell, right? That, that It's going to be a, an interesting five months after the break. Yes, it is. All right. Time to wrap it up. Steve had to bail because he had daddy duty. So uh Listeners, we appreciate you as always. Mike, if you were Steve, what would you say right now? Uh, I would say don't be an asshole. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And and Mike, as Mike, what else would you say? Quice, 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 quice. And be safe. <laughs>